0: You think that you are the number one dad? No offense, Lou,
1: but your half-assed under-parenting was a lot more fun than your half-assed over-parenting.
0: I'm using my voice! No wire hangers! Never! My father would womanize, he would drink, he would make outrageous claims like he invented the push. Invent Hi mama, it's Lynn. Let's get a child. There's no need to argue, parents just don't understand. Welcome, Amanda. Welcome, Nathan. This is Mom and Pop Culture our weekly podcast where we take a look at a piece of pop culture a movie a tv show maybe a song perhaps and we talk about the parenting on Mm it this week we uh, had a suggestion from a listener to do a roseanne episode Shout so, out to our listeners. Shout if out to our listeners.
1: you have a suggestion for a show you would like to see, you can email us at momandpopculturepod at gmail.com mm-hmm. or interact with one of our social media channels. We're on Twitter and Instagram, and that is it.
0: Mm-hmm. If you have an episode suggestion, uh, reach out to us. You can also help support the show by leaving a comment or a review on iTunes. One of the ways the algorithm works for promoting small independent podcasts like ours is that the more reviews it gets like written reviews and starred reviews uh the sort of more it gets pushed up into other people's eyeballs and possibly into their ears (laughs) this week we're doing roseanne it was suggested to us by a listener thank you and what's your familiarity with roseanne amanda
1: i did not watch roseanne growing up Did you have,
0: like, a reason for that? Was it foreboding?
1: It wasn't foreboding. I mean, I think you and I had talked about Roseanne being the yin to the Cosby's yang. And, like, I think both of those shows were just too human for our family. Sure. You know, um, the... When I became, I mean, like I'd always known about Roseanne, but when I became more aware of it was in uh, college. I had a roommate who really liked the show and I think watched it. And it was a syndication success, right? It was still on TV
0: back then. I watched some of them, but it wasn't, by the time I was 13 or 14, I needed the escapism of the must see tv lineup yes you yes. know i needed beautiful people in new york i needed yeah. a revolving you
1: needed suddenly susan
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, don't forget caroline in the city or the single guy huh or boston Just common shoot me. veronica's <laughs> closet news radio
1: him. yeah what's the was it sybil was that the
0: sybil was on cbs okay yes. sorry well, it, it the point being, Roseanne's a very real show.
1: Yeah, and I much like the Cosby's were, too. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's the same producers, as mm. we'll talk about, uh, using the exact same formula for yeah. taking the work of a stand-up and making it a sitcom. Yeah. So we, in approaching this, had to... I, I've taught Roseanne in my television class, and we watched the pilot, which would have been a fine episode. It's called Life mm. and Stuff. You can find all of them on Amazon Prime. Um, but we did a Google search of, like, the best episodes, and one... List had an episode where they find like a joint it's called a stash from the past we've watched that one previously it's okay yeah we didn't pick it because they have a hangover from smoking a joint <laughs> which is not realistic
1: you know it was very cool to then see like oh two emmy wins for the performance in this episode like let's go ahead and take a mm-hmm. look at and that so one. we were
0: like let's take a look at that and then we've stumbled into a gold mine
1: yeah it's I a mean, great
0: episode. One of the best TV episodes of the
1: nineties. For sure. Absolutely.
0: Uh, every bit, if you've seen um Came Later, but the Alan Ball series Six Feet Under, this is on par mm. with that in mm-hmm. terms of dealing with the death of a patriarch.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and I think that's and one of the best episodes of TV. Ever done. Yeah, and in 22 minutes, and with more jokes. Yes. So uh the episode is called Wait Till Your Father Gets Home, Season 5, Episode 16 uh it, it originally aired february 9th 1993 we did a fresh prince from like march of 93 yeah and neither of us really remember much i mean so i was I won't, seven I won't attempt so. to contextualize this <laughs> uh in that regard um it was directed by andrew wyman who's a very i mean he's worked on we just rattled off multi-cam sitcoms he's worked on a hundred other ones i'd never heard of
1: yeah but gotcha. like
0: has worked since before roseanne and is still working and just seems to be a guy you get from multicam. Yeah. And then the uh, written by is the more impressive name. Amy Sherman is the credited writer. She went on to become Amy Sherman Palladino, uh, who has done Gilmore Girls, yes. which not really yeah. our jam.
1: Yeah. I mean, it falls just outside of my...
0: It seems like something you would like.
1: It does, and then I watch it. <laughs> but, like, a lot of people I love and a lot of people whose opinions I appreciate love that show. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was just, like, you had to watch it at a specific time in your life and I missed that juncture. Sure. Um, but watching it as an adult, it is like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Well, she also did Miss Maisel. right? Yeah. Marvelous Miss yeah. Maisel on Amazon and we loved that first season. Yes. But then in the second season, there's still some of that cringiness to particularly the male character. Right? We yeah. Like her ex-husband was still in the picture and we were like, what, this guy's story's over. We yeah, can't, we,
1: like- he's not even interesting. Get him out of here. So,
0: that to say, she's draws flawed men well yeah right i mm-hmm. mean I, I i think he was joel on mazel was well drawn that's mm-hmm. part of why i hated him so
1: yeah much. that's part of why i was done <laughs>
0: yeah so it's it's a significant amount of talent here this number shocked me how many millions of people do you think watch this regular mid to late season tuesday night episode of roseanne
1: oh my god i have no idea
0: uh let me give you some context sure slightly less than 10 million watched the oscars this year
1: Okay. Yeah, but
0: right. But people have more options. That's the thing. Where it's like thirty-two point three million people watch this episode That's of this wild. live run. Oh That's a bananas number.
1: Yeah.
0: For for a show today. To give you a little greater sense of context, when the rev- of, I guess of how popular the show was, the revival, um, where they brought everybody back yeah. after uh, eight or I'm sorry, after almost twenty years, um, eighteen million people watched that.
1: Oh wow the debut That's of it. So it's like
0: It was a bona fide hit Yeah um, And we'll get to like Why it was such a controversial yeah. Decision by Disney To fire her Yeah From her own show
1: Yeah I mean um, I'm good
0: for them So the title of the episode Wait till your father gets home Comes from a 1974 Animated sitcom It was one of the first Adult animated sitcoms um, Aired 10 years after The Flintstones But 20 years before the, Or 15 years before The Simpsons
1: I am so surprised That I have no context For that And didn't know
0: um, so, it, if you um, I could bring up the animation here. It looks a little bit like Family Guy, mm-hmm. uh, except the guy doesn't have um, testicles on his chin, okay. like Peter Griffith does. Okay. And tonally, it's very much a predecessor to The Simpsons. So, it has things that were very outlandish in 1974. Uh, one of the teenagers is overweight. Um, somebody else is like a college dropout, one of the other kids. And then the child that most resembles directly Bart is is a, like, con artist at nine. Okay, okay. So it... it,
1: He's got a Dennis the Menace vibe.
0: A little bit, yes. Uh, So some have said, I I may have said this already, that it's sort of the grandfather of contemporary adult animation in a lot of ways, but maybe an absentee grandfather at best, right? right? Um, But worth noting, uh, and certainly this is a show that understands its place in history. So Roseanne's... Backstory is pretty interesting. And I want to set this up by saying, sort of, what she said in one of her books, uh, My Lives, her second autobiography. That's an important element here. Her second tell all autobiography. Oh, my
1: gosh. With significant
0: yeah. revisions to the first.
1: Well, I mean, she seems like that kind of person.
0: Yeah. She, I mean, as we'll no doubt discuss, had a traumatic brain injury as a child. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of the effects of that are still manifesting themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Bar wrote in My Lives. Roseanne was intended to be a show about America's unwashed unconscious. Every episode sprouts at least a seed of something banal turned on its ass. Something so pointedly incorrect filtered through a working class language that claims every male defined thing from family to economics to God as belonging rightfully and at last to the realm of women.
1: It's very second wave feminism. I
0: was going to ask you. So Roseanne emerges (laughs) in 1980, 1981 As a feminist comic and writer in Denver, where does that put her, my gender studies major wife, in this sort of...
1: Second wave. Second wave, I mean, mean, firmly, um, you know, like, let's, you know, I'm woman, hear me roar Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. context. Like, uh, anything that a man can do, I can do in heels and backwards. Um, Sure. You know, like, where it's just, it's not talking about the strengths... And weaknesses that both like femininity and masculinity, and the balances that you need—that comes away later. It's like that initial, um, like, backlash to anything that is male.
0: It's an—I would describe it as an overcorrection because you've been oppressed for so long, right? And so you end up with, I think, a point of view that's extraordinarily competitive.
1: Yes, I mean, and it's and it's it's, it's—I mean—going to. You know some of my other favorite feminist icons you know bell hooks you can't dismantle the master's house with the master's tools you know mm-hmm. like and it's just like using those same kinds of uh, tactics and uh beliefs mm-hmm. to like reverse course on something but still very much entrenched in patriarchy
0: sure sure absolutely and and we'll see that rosanna's is- uh, while being a woman is herself a patriarchal person. Yeah, she totally is. So uh, I mentioned the same producers as The Cosby Show. Marcy Carcy, one of my all-time favorite show business names.
1: Yes, that's a great and one. And
0: Tom Werner uh, were producers who, uh, with The Cosby Show, had figured out this amazing formula for taking the work and point of view and personality of a stand-up comedian and building it into a, a blockbuster sitcom. Gotcha. And so Roseanne had this persona of the domestic goddess. Um, Those were air quotes. That they shot thought would make money, right? And they, they were right, and they understood how to craft it. And so one primary distinction between Roseanne and Bill Cosby, despite, I mean, I'm sorry, in addition to their race and gender, is experience. Bill mm-hmm. Cosby was the first African-American ever to have a TV show.
1: Yeah.
0: Roseanne had never been on TV before. Right. So when it came time to grant roles on the production staff of a show built around her, in which she was going to star... Roseanne lacked the clout to even get her created by credit.
1: Which is wild. And I think a, a, a testament to her being a woman. You 100%. know,
0: like. 100%. Um, she is very vocal that the person they put in charge, Matt Williams, would give the, all the good lines to men, would feed her really stupid lines, which as a comedian she, like, recognized as terrible and yeah. often refused to say. Well, she has good instincts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. She's a funny person. Yeah. This is a funny funny show Mm -hmm. so she has though in her contract a clause and the clause says well all right i'm not created by i'm not executive producer what they call the Mm showrunner but if the show gets to be number one i get to be the showrunner right and so as the show climbs up in the ratings, she starts keeping a list on her dressing room door of everyone who's going to be fired when the show gets to number one and she's in charge and lo and behold, the show gets to number one, stays there for like three seasons. Yeah. And she starts ruling with an iron fist.
1: I'm sure she cleaned major house. She too. cleaned
0: house. Yeah. She starts uh, bringing in Tom Arnold, who's her husband <laughs> and who's also becomes a creative force on the show. Which is to help also so they're just snort and blow. Remember and Tom overeating. Arnold got
1: that uh, Roseanne tattoo on his chest?
0: Did he? Yeah. I'm not familiar with Tom Arnold's body.
1: I mean, that was like a, a thing that was lampooned on SNL, which is
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what
1: I knew it from. Um, but he got like a tattoo of Roseanne's face like on his chest.
0: That sounds like something Tom Arnold would, I know. I would. There's no Tom Arnold story. I wouldn't believe it. That's probably true. Yeah. So the show runs. It's a smash. It is one of many, many, many 90s sitcoms built around a stand comedian. Um, feels different, even though than than all of those, right? It's different than Raymond, different than Seinfeld, different than just about any other one, uh, except maybe Grace Under Fire, mm-hmm. the all-time best that named was, sitcom.
1: Yeah, and a good show.
0: I don't. I mean, I I don't remember it well enough to comment on that. But
1: I I had to watch it for a gender studies. Did course. you? Yeah.
0: Okay. So the show has a very strange final season. Yeah. In its original run, they like win the lottery. Then it's sort of she was writing Roseanne, and it's all a dream, and Dan dies, and. It's Somebody sort of,
1: looks in a snow globe. Right, right.
0: They were in hell the whole time. <laughs> right. And then um, it goes off the air and Roseanne, I guess, does some stand up stuff. She's still sort of a cultural figure.
1: She runs for governor of Hawaii. Am I remembering she, okay. that? Like she so, might have. Some, she's, she, she wrote these Twitter tell-all books about herself. Presence. She's, she's just running wild.
0: She's on the cover of a magazine just as Hitler, putting cookies in an oven.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: She's making some bizarre choices. I mean, yes. In that time, the television industry changes. Yeah. There are fewer depictions of people like Roseanne. Yeah. There's no, very few shows where a person could be overweight and not be made fun of for it. Yeah. Right? Which was groundbreaking to have a, a woman of her size.
1: Right. That was one of the show. things that I had commented when we were watching the show was like, how is Mike and Molly anything that is groundbreaking mm-hmm. when, you know, Roseanne and uh, John, John Goodman. Goodman are both people who are fat, who are on TV, and, like, them being fat is generally not the subject of the show.
0: Sure, sure. I mean, I think what Mike Amali does is make it the subject of the show. Sure. specifically met in uh, Overeaters Anonymous. But I don't know, having never seen it, my guess is it's similar to the CBS show Mom in that, like... It's portraying this element. Like, yeah. Mom is about uh, alcoholism and addiction like that. But it's also poking fun at people trying to get better with it. And it's not really...
1: Yeah, a, for me,
0: that's where this multi-cam sitcom formula, like, is in over its head. Yeah. Totally, thematically. Like, like yeah. make this a single cam, like, Louie episode or something.
1: Sure. Yeah. Make it a little... Uh, yeah. You got to give yourself some room to breathe. Like a... So, in
0: 2018, the show comes back. Mm-hmm. And is, as I said, the biggest network hit in a decade right. of it for a scripted sitcom, right? Um, th- that's 18 million people's three times the number of people watched an episode of The Office, for example, right? right? Yeah. Uh, nine times as many of people watched certain episodes of The Office, right? So yeah. we're talking about a smash hit, maybe not in New York and LA, where a lot of these sort of tastes get made, but a, a huge, huge hit. Over the course of its run... Roseanne makes some incredibly racist statements, right? Mm -hmm. Comparing, Mm -hmm. I don't remember the exact specifics, but I think she compared somebody, uh, a black woman in the Obama administration to like an ape.
1: To the plane of the apes, I think was what I had. So
0: (laughs) the head of programming at ABC, despite a show that is making them $60 million, fires the woman from her own show. Yeah. The African-American head of programming at ABC.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, There's a little bit of backlash, right? This is... (laughs) one of those cancel situations but then the Connor's comes back
1: yeah i mean like it's it's somebody who is made to be accountable for the things that they are saying and like i'm i can't imagine what um how hard that decision must have been made
0: well here's i mean you're excuse me you're thinking like a person yeah and not like a corporation here, who's a person so here's why it makes sense from a corporate standpoint is she's a liability in the room
1: Yeah. Right. So anyone
0: at that workplace can now sue her. Yeah. Uh, And you, if you're Buena Vista, television, ABC, Disney, like you are opening yourself up to ignoring this by, I'm sorry, by ignoring this behavior to all sorts of legal actions. And ultimately that's the,
1: that's what, that's the the rationale
0: for why like, listen, TV writing is a cool corporate job, but it's a corporate job. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. So you can't. You can't behave that way. Right. Um, The show then went on without her, which is astonishing. Did pretty well. I think it's still on. I
1: think it's still on too.
0: Um, I've enjoyed the one or two episodes I've seen. I watched the episode where they killed her character off. Uh, She had an opioid overdose.
1: Yeah, which again, like, feels very in tune with the Roseanne universe Mm -hmm. for that to be a struggle of hers. 100%.
0: 100%. So, in her books, I mentioned she had two tell all. The first is My Life as a Woman. She described growing up in Utah, a Jew among Mormons, and she wrote about her struggles with mental illness, her escape into hippie lifestyle in California, uh, and her fight to find a foothold in the male-dominated world of show business. Five five years later, Mm -hmm. she's back. Uh, She married comedian Tom Arnold, and she has a new book called My Lives, in which uh, she swore that even the raw truths of her first book were uh, whitewashing. Yeah. And that it was actually so much worse. Yeah. She describes a childhood of physical and sexual abuse by her father, yeah. uh, her first marriage damaged by her husband's alcoholism and emotional cruelty. Yeah. So nearly everything she wrote about them gets in the uh, about her life in the first one gets rewritten in the second. Yeah. One, right. Uh, I mean, it's also important to note that, like, in that time she becomes a household name.
1: Well, and that's how trauma works, you know? Like, it's like you're peeling back layers of something where, like, you think you find it, and then you're like, oh, shit, there's so much Mm -hmm. more.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and I can't imagine the mindfuck of self-examination that has to go on when you are finally succeeding financially the way you want in a show that is a deconstruction of your own persona and life, and, like... How are you supposed to emerge from that normal?
1: Yeah, you can't. You really can't. We're sane. Right.
0: So the plot of the episode mirrors a lot of what we've been talking about. Yeah. The episode um, begins with Roseanne and Jackie's estranged father dying mm-hmm. and plays out from there. And it mm-hmm. involves sort of bringing in and bringing together uh, his ex-wife mm-hmm. and his mistress, who mm-hmm. I think have never met, and... Um, it involves making funeral arrangements with the obstacle of being grief stricken,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and it comes to a a moment of catharsis of Roseanne uh, writing a letter to her dad, reading it is, to him
1: in a ca- in his casket, and yeah. leaving
0: it in his his casket, right? And it's it's incredibly powerful. If you've seen the um, the BoJack Horseman episode, that's an entire eulogy to his mother. It's oh, certainly yeah. you can see the seeds of that in this mm-hmm. for sure. So it's. It's an extraordinary uh, episode of television. I think we were both sort of a little bit gobsmacked by it.
1: Yeah, I was definitely surprised.
0: Yeah, it's and it moves. Yeah. Um, so, all right, we're going to go through our categories here. The mamas and the papas. The first mama being uh, Roseanne. Um, so one of the things she does early on in the episode that I thought was incredible is pre prior to this episode, she has written a contract with her son, DJ. He has just turned 12, and the contract she wrote a while ago says, when you're 12, you can do whatever you want.
1: Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and I, um, I could see myself solving a contract that way, solving a problem that way with our kid.
1: Yeah, sure. Right, um, and yeah. just
0: like the short-sightedness of it, of I'm yeah. gonna solve this issue now. Yeah. I will deal with a twelve-year-old when I have
1: one. Right, yeah. A twelve-year-old you can reason two differently.
0: Hmm. I thought that was really um, cute. Mm-hmm. I liked they talk about the idea of a grief buffet
1: oh my god the grief buffet was like one of my favorite parts of the episode and i'm um, very familiar as somebody um who lost all of her grandparents and some aunts and uncles and all along the way um the amount of food you get
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> is ridiculous sheep pan lasagna yeah. after sheet pan lasagna.
1: casseroles casseroles mm-hmm. casseroles and like it's it's just a weird time and you know Darlene says I think I ate the whole grief buffet and then you know Roseanne's like oh no there's some chocolate cake. Yeah here. no they're like
0: <laughs> lamenting like why do people think food should feel better chocolate cake. Right. Like, which is, is true it's this dumb simplistic human thing that right like it's,
1: Biology. Yeah. I need comfort. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other uh, f- literal father is Dan who I think does a ton of very great fathering in this episode both of his kids and of Roseanne and of Jackie especially in particular early on uh when DJ is rebuffed by Roseanne for this contract and she says sorry you didn't get it notarized yeah uh so it's not valid he goes um the son goes "Uh, dad mom lied to me and Dan goes well you're lucky DJ there are kids in China whose mothers don't have lies to give them
1: yes did you ever get that uh, about other kids not about being kids as fortunate. My kids in China, yeah. Or other... Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's the the double edged sword of look at you know your parents being like look at what that family's doing over there, but then if you bring that up, it's don't compare yourself to other
0: right, people. Right, right, right. <laughs> I remember very distinctly. I was five or six, and I didn't want to finish my oatmeal. Mm-hmm. And my dad's like, "There are kids in China who don't have uh, any food." And I was like, "Mail it to them."
1: Yeah. Right. Well, I, don't, I don't want it. Yeah. And like, what a terrible setup for
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> for being able to regulate your own body.
0: <laughs> right. And like, uh, there's other people who are misfortunate, so I have to suffer too? Yeah. It <laughs> doesn't make a ton of I sense. I mean,
1: that's a very Christian idea. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, I thought what was interesting too, and, and a note of good parenting from both Roseanne and Dan, is you know dan doesn't know what's happening but he his instinct is to back up his wife Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like that is precious and Mm -hmm. like you know he's kind to his kid but he's he's also like no i'm sure your mom has a good reason for whatever Mm -hmm. she's
0: saying for whatever she's doing and then he he i think did a really good job of backing her up too when um the call comes dan Mm -hmm. takes it yeah and he asks dj to leave the room before he tells roseanne because i think he knows her reaction's probably not going to be appropriate for a child.
1: Well, right. And you need that space to be yourself rather than a mom in that moment.
0: Mm-hmm. And the backdrop here is they haven't spoken in years. Right. Roseanne and her father. Yeah. And so are for me, that rang really true because I haven't spoken to or seen my dad since our wedding, which was almost five years ago at this point. Yeah. There's no involvement in our kids' lives. And I wonder how I would react with a phone call like this. Yeah. Um, al harris is the dead dad Mm -hmm. um and he is i think he's been in previous episodes yes um we hadn't we've not yet seen them we've started rewatching the show since we enjoyed this episode so much but he's an enormous presence obviously right and we'll i don't think we'll get into much of his behavior in the good parenting yeah but he certainly leaves a lot to be discussed in in the bad parenting element of things and Bev is their mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was really um, human and well-drawn that she wants him to have a perfect tie.
1: Yeah. That's, even
0: though, yeah, though the, he's are ex and dead, like it's a big priority.
1: <laughs> and like her, I mean, that's the only thing she can focus on in that moment because there's so many other big feelings happening. Mm-hmm. That like to be able to do a simple task and like to need to do it perfectly, that rings really true for grief and um, like, but you know she also scared the crap out of her grandson by being like you know she's trying to tie the tie so she puts it on her grandson <laughs> and she's like well this will be the tie that your grandfather's buried in <laughs> it's the
0: creepiest creeps them out, yeah, yeah that's very creepy um, then uh, pseudo parents mm-hmm. right so people who function as parents but they aren't literally the parents of the people in a lot of the ones we've seen Jackie plays this role yeah like, she's always there. She's helping to take care of the kids. There's one where she takes them off for a weekend so Dan and uh, Roseanne can have a honeymoon. Yeah. Um, which is really sweet. I mean, mm-hmm. really, well, this easily could become a Laurie Metcalf appreciation podcast. <laughs> it's true. Uh, if you haven't listened to our Lady Bird episode, do check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this episode, Jackie actually needs the parenting.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: She is significantly more emotionally impacted, at least outwardly. Uh, by her father's death than Roseanne. Right. Um, and so uh, Dan has to do a lot of parenting for her. And so he goes to the mortuary with her. And, and she has one of my absolute favorite lines uh, in anything where she goes, why do I have to pick out a casket now when my dad just died? <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> it's so good. And Dan's just very like, well, sorry, Jackie. That's kind of how it works. <laughs> yeah. Laurie Metcalf's just extraordinary at playing unhinged. So when she gets another great line to The Undertaker... Where he's like, I'm feeling pretty irrational right now, uh, so I'm likely to buy anything you show me. But if I feel you're taking advantage of me, I'm likely to take out a gun and blow your head off. So I would play me very carefully. <laughs> I My mother is one of the most gentle people you will ever meet. And when her brother died, mm-hmm. like we joked about going on a killing spree because mm-hmm. she was just... Frustrated and bewildered, and that's where grief leaves you. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really well done.
1: Well, and I remember too from like my grandparents dying how um, predatory the death industry is Mm -hmm. like funeral homes and floral places the place that you get a headstone or gravestone from like all that is so expensive and so unnecessary and they paint it like hey if you really loved your whoever this is the expensive choice that you would make Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) and like I liked how they showed that in this episode it was it was a nice um, like unveiling of a, of a truth that people mm-hmm. forget about during mm-hmm. that kind of dark time
0: and Dan hangs the lantern on it where he's like if we loved her we'd get this white casket and if we hated her we'd get her like a hefty bag is yeah. that what you're saying yeah have you ever been in a room with a dead body yeah, these dead people. Yes. Yeah, lots. I mean, tons no. of times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I it's also part of my culture to like. Uh, I mean, when people from work lost people, we'd go to the wake, which is such a weird thing. Sure, like, sure. why do you want your coworkers there? Is that like
0: a big Catholic thing for a wake to be it big? Is must it a Polish be. thing? Is it just a... It
1: must be a Catholic thing, and to have an open casket as well. Like, I remember my grandma telling me a story that um, her brother had. Died And it was hot, and it was, you know, 1930s Chicago, Mm -hmm. and had him in the parlor. And he, by the time it was his funeral, he looked so terrible that there were like debating whether they should close the casket or not Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that being a big deal and this person didn't even look like who they were anymore and it was like oh my gosh do we do this and she was like i mean as a 84 year old woman was still like hamstrung by that Mm -hmm. by the Mm -hmm. decision that they made to close it Mm -hmm. like so interesting because like i my feeling about my own body is that it's so ephemeral and like i want to be put in the ground and Eaten by mushrooms, but mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. we're back in the earth.
0: But I want to be stuffed and put on the couch.
1: <laughs> Any specific pose? Hmm. Double Something bird. People
0: can sit on. I mean, not yeah. <laughs> Double bird wouldn't be bad. First dead body. I was in the room with was my grandma. Mm. She was like thirty feet away. Yeah. I don't really remember having a reaction other than creeped out. Um, and then I was in like when my friend's brother died. I like saw him. In his open casket wake, and that was weird. Yeah, but it's not. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Who's it um,
1: for? Like, I mean, looking at that person, you know, they're not in there anymore. Well,
0: I'll give you the opposite. When Maloney died, I was two thousand miles away from him. Yeah, I'd like to have seen him. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. I don't know what that would bring me, but it would be nicer than like never coming to the meeting you were supposed to have the day he died. Yeah. Um. So I get it in some level, but I don't understand. I suppose as we experience more of it, we'll get more used to it. But I don't, there's so much about death that I'm just like, why are you choosing to do it this way? Yeah. Joan is the mistress. Yes. She's played by Kay Arnold, who is Tom Arnold's aunt.
1: I read that she has several roles in the Roseanne series. Mm-hmm. Well, that's
0: what you do. With the show <laughs> that they talk about in the end of this episode, the Jackie Thomas show, is Tom Arnold's show. Yeah. ran right after Roseanne. So yeah. they're trying to do that cross-pollination promotion. Sure. Gotcha. Get a, you know. Get nepotism going. Right. When we do it, it's okay. <laughs> right. I thought it was a pseudo-parent of her as a stepmom to show up an hour late to her meeting with Roseanne. Um, yeah. You know, they Roseanne, I thought, did a good job of creating a neutral site that they could meet at rather than initially wanting her at the house. She gets sort of pushback from Jackie and Bev about that
1: I mean and I think Roseanne shows immense maturity to want to I mean that was like a parenting move on Roseanne's part to like want to meet with this person who is the um like example of all of the things that have happened in their own family you know like sure. she's she's the the like you can point and say look here it is embodied
0: well right and and you're the better life my dad had to go run to
1: right you had yes. to break
0: up this family to be with you yeah. to be able to want to sit down with that person and find some closure I think is really as you say big of her mm-hmm. you don't have your parents didn't have mistresses or anything no. of the sort right no so my parents were divorced in 1985 I was five I think my dad had I couldn't even begin to estimate the number of times he cheated on my mom yeah so much so that like I didn't even think of like an other woman Mm. like it was just normal that he then had this is why like Seinfeld so much he had a different girlfriend every time we saw him yeah for a long time there and like he had figured out he pretty quick that oh if I show these girls my albino kids they'll see like a different side of me and, like, I can get some more pussy. Sure. And they'll help take care of my kids. So it's a win-win for him. Right. And meanwhile, like, any sense of how to establish a relationship in me is just getting ruined. Yeah. Um. So then he finally commits to a longer-term relationship with this woman and cheats on her with the woman who he's now been married to for 20 years. So, oh, like, God. I can't fathom the kindness Roseanne shows in this episode. Yeah. Like, I've only because it was pushed down my throat that this woman who's 11 years older than me is my stepmom and like i need to respect her because she's my dad's choice like i never thought about that or felt any of it until like recently where i'm like no this is extraordinarily fucked up yeah and and monstrous yeah that you ask these children whose mom you cheated on to call this woman stepmom yeah like that's that's bananas.
1: That's bananas, for um, sure.
0: Completely narcissistic behavior, divorced from any concept of reality.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Um, and so, like, I think, I mean, it's an extraordinary bit of bigness from Roseanne. I appreciate that they got her drunk to do yeah, it. She had that right. great line of, like, the uh, Jones, like, can I buy you a second? And Roseanne's like, yeah, if you got here an hour ago, you <laughs> like, So, yeah, it, that's another thing this did is, like, what I like about Roseanne's humor Is the same thing I think that got her in trouble is that anything can be the subject of fun. Yes. Right? You can find levity anywhere. And I think in death it's successful. When she's talking about the Holocaust, it's a little bit less successful.
1: Well, I mean, what got her in trouble is being a racist. Sure. You know like I mean, I think you can joke about racism. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that you can make fun of racists. I uh-huh. mean, like, you know, it's any it, it's the punching down versus punching up.
0: I, I mean, I think she's well within her rights to criticize the person in the Obama administration. I would be quite I would question the punching down aspect of it. But it's,
1: I mean, by using race. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You okay. know, yeah, like I hear you. that's I hear you. That's the thing that that's what I'm trying to, to get across.
0: Sure. OK, I'll go to it from a comedic standpoint. Not original.
1: Not original. Right.
0: And um all the grief jokes in this are original and fresh and I've put some thought into it. Comparing yeah. a black person to an ape is not. Yeah. There's nothing. Wasn't there. edgy in the fifties. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's yeah. just stupid.
1: Yeah.
0: Sibling stuff. There's a lot of great stuff in here. This yeah. is, this show is, I don't remember if I mentioned this Roseanne, um, Barr and Laurie Metcalf won Emmys for this episode mm-hmm. and their relationships extraordinary throughout the series, but mm-hmm. particularly in this one. In one scene that is, I, I still laugh about Jackie, who is absolutely bereft, is attempting to tell their deaf aunt that <laughs> um, Rose, that their dad is dead. That's it, I'm not making any more calls. You do the rest of the family list. I can't call people, Roseanne. Jackie, dial.
1: <sighs> supposed to be in mourning. Well then wear a veil over your face while you do it. <laughs> Annie Barbara, it's Jackie. Jackie, I'm fine. Fine. I'm fine. I have some bad news. Dad is not with us anymore. I said, Dad has passed away. He's passed away.
0: Dad is gone. Dad's dead. He's dead.
1: Can. You can make she's so good and then how exasperated she gets where she's just like, Don't make me do anymore. <laughs> like,
0: <you know? laughs> but then she does it, right? Because yeah. Roseanne's like, if you miss him so much, you do it, which which I think is good. I mean, and that gets to their different memories and relationships with their father were brutally honestly well drawn.
1: Yeah, well, and that's the thing that happens in narcissistic families. You have a black sheep, you have the golden child, you know, you have all of these roles where, like, it often gets relegated to one child most of the abuse. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that creates a... A dynamic where, like, some of the kids remember being like, "Oh no, she was really the problem." Mm-hmm. Where it's like that wasn't my experience at all.
0: Well, it bl- what a narcissist at the center does is it totally destroys everybody's concept of reality. Yes, because you all have to live in their version of reality. Right. And right. So Jackie says at one point, "I loved him and Roseanne hisses his back when he'd come home and beat us with a belt, or when he didn't come home at all. Brutal.
1: Right. Well, and." You can love somebody who's done that to you. Isn't that the fucked up thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's so um, biological to be like, well, but I still
0: have feelings of not love towards even this. Person. Still, if you don't do the work, you won't figure out that's not how you should have been treated. Yeah, it'll yeah. be he beat me because he loved me. Sure, yes, he beat me to make me strong and make me who I am. Yes, that's how the fucking idiots in my family feel. Yeah jackie telling roseanne that roseanne hated her dad so everyone had to
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's, that's good too <laughs> that's good too it's also like jackie following a narcissist not being herself yes which is a big problem for jackie right obviously yes. because of their familial relationship but like i wonder about that sometimes with my family because i'm the oldest that i'm outspoken about mm-hmm. my feelings about my dad and i'm mm-hmm coming into greater understanding of like oh these feelings are valid and not going anywhere mm-hmm. so like i've tried to take my pocket full of fuck yous and walk away into my own life and mm-hmm. like maybe when they get down to screw yous and um, you know some other lesser insult i'll come back into the fold but like sure. yeah i've tried to take my shit out out of the picture and i wonder sometimes i don't know i'm very curious how it impacts the relationships but i don't have good enough relationships with any of them to ask
1: Right. Yeah. And I, I, I think that it's also interesting that um, I, with such small amount of dialogue and scene, you get such a history of their
0: lives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: like that is just extraordinary writing.
0: Yeah. The details are incredible. Um, and the emotional awareness is also incredible where Jackie says to Roseanne later. Uh, You didn't care That made it easy to handle And like Yeah It did It certainly was easier When I didn't care Than it is now
1: Yeah I had to shut that Part of myself off Mm -hmm. Like to protect myself Mm -hmm. You know Like that's That's You know All the coping mechanisms That you develop And I mean That I'm I'm gonna jump ahead A little bit But that's the piece That Roseanne Appreciates about her father The coping mechanism Of humor
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like It's the last line Of the episode Yeah, Yeah She thanks him For his humor Yeah that then leads to a fight when Jackie says that to Roseanne. They're yeah. like, um, you didn't care. And Jackie, Roseanne's like, oh, you're right. If I didn't care, you'd do it all. And then Jackie does an extraordinarily human sister thing of starts making choices to spite Roseanne. She's like, get the white coffin. That'll piss her off and like, things like that. which just You, you become a child again uh-huh. in these situations. And it's, oh, man. I mean, again... To just be on this episode's D, but what a, what a great <laughs> job! Like.
1: Being hurt and your reaction being like, "Well, now I'm gonna spite somebody," mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. just. <laughs> I that's love right. that.
0: That's good. <laughs> uh, you have anything else for siblings?
1: Um. No, we don't get a lot of the the. Uh,
0: Kids. Connor kids, yeah. you get a little bit of them. We'll talk about them here in Damn Wiener Kids, but yes. they don't have interaction, interaction with each interaction other. As siblings, really. They're yeah. just sort of interacting with their parents and trying to sort of, as kids do, understand, well, what does this mean?
1: Right. And how is this impacting my parents? And, mm-hmm. like, what is this weird stuff that's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's, yes. All of that is
0: very interesting. So before the call comes and the episode takes the, the tonal shift it does... You have that scene with DJ mm-hmm. where he's like trying to, uh, he got that contract that his mom signed. I thought that was pretty wiener kitty.
1: Yeah. Well, um, and, you know, I. Roseanne says a thing to him like that girls mature faster, mm-hmm. like, which I completely disagree with.
0: Oh, okay. Let's um, have this conversation. All
1: right. I mean, like, so girls are forced to have more mature understanding of the world, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I think that's only because, and like, maybe this is just like a nature nurture question. I think that's all nurture. I think that you can raise children who have the same amount of maturity despite the sex that they are or the sure. gender that they are performing. Of course you
0: can, but I think she's talking in, in broad generalizations and making generalizations about broads.
1: About her about her son though. That's your own damn fault. Right. So That's the thing that used to piss me off about my family is that like well mm-hmm. <laughs> my brother doesn't know how to I wash the bathroom. Right. He doesn't so. know how to
0: clean the bathroom, so yeah, you, have, so to you
1: have to do it. He doesn't know how to make dinner, so you make him something. He doesn't know, and he's thirteen. But okay,
0: my sister pulled that shit too of like, I don't know which which uh, fork goes in the big fork thing, so I can't empty the dishwasher. <laughs> and it's like, go fuck yourself. Yes. Put him in the wrong thing then. That right. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. No, but But so
0: here here okay, let me what I'm about to say is Joseph Campbell's take on this. Sure. So if it's sexist, blame the dead guy.
1: (laughs) Blame the old white dead guy.
0: His point Mm -hmm. is it has to do with menstruation and that it creates in a woman a level of responsibility that a man does not have physically. And so they are more mature by having to deal with that responsibility. And I would say I kind of agree with that. Mm -hmm. And I would also say that one of the impacts of patriarchy that I think is ignored but is so damaging to our society is that with men in control of everything, the masculine standard of maturity becomes the norm. Mm. And there is no reason for a man to mature in our society. Mm -hmm. No reason at all. Mm -hmm. Right? So... Even 70-year-old men are, like, encouraged to, like, oh, it makes him feel like a kid again. Right. Or, right? like, oh, he's just, like, a 10-year-old boy yeah, or whatever. Yeah, Corvette. Like, where the fuck is his sense of responsibility and right. accountability and maturity and decency? Boys you know,
1: will be boys.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know who Jim Nance is? No. So Jim Nance is a commentator for CBS Sports. Sure. And he is in his 60s or 70s and he lives uh or i mean he has multiple houses but one of his houses is on um what some people think is the most beautiful golf course in the world pebble beach out in northern california he lives so close to the clubhouse that you can take a golf cart from his house Mm -hmm. to the clubhouse right so he lives on a golf course in his backyard he has a one-hole golf course for just him right and I find this to be the most immature mm-hmm. fucking childish mm-hmm. use of time and resources mm-hmm. and money and energy that I've ever heard of. And every guy I've ever talked to thinks it's awesome. Oh, my God. Right? And it's this level of like, well, at what point do you stop being a fucking child? Right. Yes. Do you stop th- doing things that a 10 year old thinks are awesome?
1: Right. Yeah. Right. And
0: like actually care about. Something more than your dumbass leisure activities. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely think that men do not grow up. And I mean, I was also raised by a single mom. So uh, I think women grow up much faster (laughs) in my experience anyway.
1: The thing that I get frustrated with is the double standard Mm -hmm. and um, the uh, lack of responsibility that a parent takes for their own child's Like supporting their child into adulthood Mm -hmm. around that time. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I guess. I mean, I think it's a cop out for her to say like girls mature faster. And well, it's in I
0: response think... to him saying you let Darlene do or well, you let so, Becky do this, right? When she was right,
1: and and that's the response that I dislike is saying well girls mature faster mm-hmm. rather than you're a different person. Right,
0: or Becky had demonstrated X, Y, and <laughs> yes. Z, which is how she earned this responsibility. Right. Like right, which is what it relations. should be. Yes. Right, is oh you've. Uh, kid one did very well with these things. Kid two, you have not. So no, there's not equality between you.
1: Right. There never will be. That's not the point. The point is to raise functioning people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who understand and are okay with the fact that life isn't fucking fair. Yeah, I know. That's the worst part. I love that Darlene was upset that she doesn't feel bad enough. Yes. About um her grandpa dying. Like, I thought that was pretty... When you're a kid, you don't know what to feel. I mean, when yeah. you're an adult, an adult, you don't know what to feel.
1: You don't know what to feel. I know. That's... i um. Yeah, that's that's a very real raw thing too. I remember being at a, my uncle's funeral and uh, being a child and like joking around in like whatever back room there was with like a plate of cookies and whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like my parents or like an aunt walking in and like everybody was quiet. Sure. And it was like that, you know, you thought you had to, but like that's not. You can't just. You have to feel all of the feelings and like, especially as children, my God, you can go from laughing about something to being sad about something very quickly. And like,
0: you get to see a lot of people you don't normally see. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, we got to go on a full blown vacation when Mike died. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was we got lovely. We stay in a nice hotel yeah. in California for a couple of nights. Like. I, it's a weird thing. I mean, there's got to be room, as you say, for, like, joy amidst the grief or what the fuck are we doing here?
1: Right. I know.
0: The bad parenting I saw in this was mostly off screen.
1: hmm
0: Right? It's mostly the huge wounds that Al has left Roseanne and Jackie. Yes. Um, and in particular, it gets expressed beautifully when you have, in that scene where Roseanne <clears throat> sits down with the mistress And the mistress is like, you know, your dad always talked about how he spoiled you all. And she's like, if by spoiled, you mean wrecked. Yeah. And he talks about how he he thought he gave them too much and all of that. And and there's sort of a couple ways to look at this. And I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle of either he doesn't realize Mm -hmm. that he's been such a piece of shit Mm -hmm. or he's completely whitewashing the past. Mm. Right. And I think either or both can be true.
1: Well, and I mean, from his perspective, maybe he did feel like he spoiled the kids, but probably it was in response to some shitty behavior he did. If mm-hmm. I know the abuser cycle, you know, sure, sure, sure. he
0: spoiled them after he beat them with the belt. Was, right. Yeah. To try to make up. Make yes. It up to them. Yes. Yeah.
1: And so he probably did think that he spoiled them. You know, like every everybody can have some version of reality that feels right because it tugs at some truth. That's that's the actual reality. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like that was really wild.
0: But that's how my dad is. He in his mind was supportive and did everything he could for us. Yeah. And like no you you started a business not a family. You yeah. ran away from two families. Yeah. Like what are you talking about? He'll he he coached my basketball team one year and takes credit for it like he did it consistently and and every year and never mind all the games he didn't attend. Sure. Right? It's just give me credit for the things I did and ignore everything else it's like I have a one of the ways I grade students if I don't manually enter a zero for the assignment they didn't do it doesn't get factored into their average yeah that's like how he wants to run his whole life
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and my parents feel the same way I mean trying to talk to my mom about my experience of my childhood
0: oh my god yeah It's wild how different they are. Yeah. And I think some of that, as you point out, it's inevitable. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, you and I, uh, the dog sitting over there on her bed could do something and you and I will react to it and interpret it completely different ways. Mm -hmm. And probably if asked about it tomorrow would tell different versions of the exact same thing happening. Mm -hmm. And like, we don't have massive dysfunction and haven't (laughs) spoken in years, you know, like so we were reasonably functioning relationships. So I think it's, it's inevitable. And one of the things that's most unfair about being both a parent and a child is like the weight of that relationship. Mm-hmm. Like it's unfair how much um our kid needs us, mm-hmm. right? But it's also unfair how much what we do and say matters to her.
1: Yes. Right. My it's God. not
0: fair to us, right? Yeah. And it's not fair to her to need someone this much. Like it's just it's a really unfair relationship, and and it seems like Roseanne is at least The character is at least living in the reality of that, and Al is unable to.
1: Yes, Right, so he
0: builds this fantasy.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, talking about trauma, like, unraveling it, and she's trying to talk to the mistress, and she's trying to do, you know, she's trying to get to uncover more so she can understand herself better.
0: And her dad. One of the things Mm -hmm. she says is, like, that she resents how much he hid from her. Yes. And how much she didn't know who he was.
1: yes and that's one of the the biggest traumas is not having that attachment like neglect is has way worse outcomes than any sort of actual abuse Mm -hmm. neglect Mm -hmm. is the worst
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep you can't help at all if you're gone right right? like you 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 are you are a, a less than zero
1: even though like um i'm forgetting what the experiment is called but it's it's monkeys rhesus monkeys and they're um a wire mother like a a wire monkey Mm -hmm. that has um a, a bottle on it so that the monkey can nurse and a terry cloth monkey that does not have food and the results of that Study is that the baby monkeys would rather starve to death in the arms of something that was warm and supportive, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that. It's just you need that connection
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. more than you need food. Jeez.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> any other bad parenting?
1: I mean, again, cheating on the like, wife
0: and destroying the family pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> like that, it's all I mean, ow, right? I, right.
1: I mean, and and you don't know what the mom has done for any. You know, like it's it's well,
0: hard to. So they elude in. I read a little bit about it in episodes we haven't seen yet they talk about her struggles with mental health sure. right so like i'm sure dad had reasons for stepping out sure. you know he yeah. had a, emotional needs that weren't being met too i'm sure but yeah you know it's just a mess
1: mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and i
0: think they did a really good job of drawing it well and adding some levity to it
1: again yeah in 22 minutes that's incredible
0: good parenting When we talked about it, but when Dan gets the call, he sends DJ out. I Mm -hmm. thought that was really respectful. Mm
1: -hmm. And Roseanne Mm -hmm. knowing, I mean, I've criticized Roseanne about using the like, oh, girls mature faster than boys. Mm -hmm. But she knows her child's limits and Mm -hmm. she's not putting him in danger by letting him be by himself.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When Bev tells off Joan, the mistress, she says, I've waited a long time for this moment and you will not rob me of it. I think you should be shot. I long for the days when we could brand someone like you with a scarlet letter, leaving you a lonely, miserable outcast. And if you ever contract an incurable and very painful disease, I will not be able to stop myself from dancing a jig of glee. And then she sells her his burial plot. Yeah. So they can be buried together, which I think is really sweet. And also like... I mean, you remember when we first started dating, how much my mom talked about what a shithead my dad was?
1: Yeah, that was most of what we talked about.
0: Like, she carries, that was 35 years mm-hmm. ago at that point. Mm-hmm. This woman, Bev, my mom, and, and the middle woman my dad never married, who had two kids with, like, they are bitter about it. And they are, bitters. maybe a pejorative word, they are carrying this anger still. Yes. rightfully and like are not the same person
1: right yeah you can't be you're impacted by everything that happens to you and when it's something as atrocious and heinous as the physical abuse like your mom has suffered or you know other you know that somebody, Roseanne
0: was suffering in this yes
1: mm-hmm. you. you can you, you it's amazing that you're alive and functioning you know and like And can find joy, can be funny.
0: (laughs) Our wedding wasn't a necessarily typical wedding, but we got up in front of everyone we know and love and promised to love, honor, and obey each other for the rest of our lives. And like, how do you break that promise? That's like staggering to me of like, how do you... You lie to your the person you love the most. You've lied to everyone. You've lied to God, which supposedly matters to my dad, and I'm sure mattered to Al and to yourself. And to yourself, like, how do you? I I just don't understand that. I, I guess that's where you have to whitewash the past, right? Yeah. That's where you have to create a false reality because you were such a fucking monster in the real lives of people who were supposed to care. You were supposed to care about and right. Cared for you. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, reconciling who you think you are and who you want to be and who you actually were.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for that I always think about um, Johnny Cash. Mm. Oh, he was like the man in black was his like persona. But like the dude was just a funny guy who likes sports and yeah. singing songs. Like it wasn't there's that's especially true. I think for men where there's this like this legend of who I am. And then there's like the actual fucking person you are. Like,
1: right. And that's what's been so interesting about like all of the stuff that has come out about like um infamous people, I suppose, you know, <laughs> like where it's like, oh, they were actually an asshole. And it's like, yeah, they're a person. <laughs> 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 they're a famous person who has all these weird like constraints on who they mm-hmm. can be mm-hmm. and like and where
0: they can be seen and like yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, yeah it's, what a nightmare to be famous for any reason other than being a pro wrestling bad guy yeah it's the only reason is you're enormous <laughs> and everybody expects you to be a dick like it's the greatest <laughs> greatest fame that i mean could yeah but be. i
1: guess people would try to fight you
0: nah i don't think triple h <laughs> is getting ch- uh um Try body challenges. Slammed yeah i don't think i don't think the rocks walking around with a lot of people trying oh well, yeah it'll... speaking of a person who like can't go out in public i mean yeah. what a mind fuck that guy's life is so the for me and we talked about it we alluded to to one of the better moments is that end
1: yes. of her letter to her dad yes
0: um and so it's just her it's the sort of only moment i believe we see the body, right? We don't, see the body. we don't see the body, but we see the casket. the casket's
1: open. It's, oh. and it's such a crescendo to I mean, especially for us who went into this episode without having a relationship with this person, sure. you know, cuz like we didn't
0: We didn't see those previous see episodes. Those previous episodes, episodes. The, we don't know yeah. her the history that's been alluded to.
1: Right, right. Um and for for her to be speaking directly with him is intense. Mhm
0: and she, she lists her anger um, but then she says um, but now I just need it to end so dad I'm forgiving you just because I need to move on with my life uh, and I forgive myself for, free, for being so damn angry and she thanks him for his humor um, I've only recently understood how angry I am at my dad and like I'm not ready to forgive myself for it, yeah, because it's fresh and new and valid. Um, but that's where I'd like to go someday.
1: Well, and you know. and um, protective, hmm? protective.
0: Yeah, and I think the the notion that you don't forgive someone for them, no, you do it for yourself. Yeah, is. piece to take away and also that like forgiveness is a load of horseshit you accept it (laughs) and and that's that like forgiveness well maybe we'll get there like
1: forgiveness it forgiveness is about um i mean you can it doesn't mean that it's all wiped clean
0: right it's not it's not an erasure
1: right yeah it's it's um being able to be connected to yourself and still interact with that person you know i don't
0: think you need to interact with them I think it's it's about finding peace in yourself with what happened. Mm-hmm. And if you decide there's a relationship here worth maintaining, so be it. But it's not about, as I said, it's not about the other person. Right. It's about uh, you and your own reconciliation of the feelings you have.
1: That's, that's right on, I think. And um, yeah, your ability to interact with those... Um, Memories that you have, mm-hmm. and like those pieces of yourself that are about that person,
0: and I mean, maybe it looks like starting to shape a different story—not mm-hmm. quite whitewashing, but like adding the context and complexities mm-hmm. of a person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. into your understanding of reality. Yeah, but that also doesn't mean you have to see them. Yes, <laughs> you know. Yeah, what yeah, that yeah. It?
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, so we're bullish on Roseanne, right?
1: Yeah, I I liked it. Um, you know, this is, this was a very good. Way to get back into the show.
0: (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. And still a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Still feels like, oh, TV's not going here very much.
1: Yes. Yes. That was really incredible, too. Like, I, I think TV's even shied away more from it now than, for whatever reason, this specific episode. Yeah,
0: I think what you saw is, like, after Roseanne, you saw more stuff like Six Feet Under, where it's like, we're dramatic, but we'll also be funny. Sure. Rather than comedies that do the drama thing yeah and then you got like your louis and your atlantas and your master of nuns where it became a little bit more vogue to sort of do both
1: yeah but that that also feels and again this is just like the state of um entertainment those are all so niche where like mm-hmm. this is like for somebody who's coming home from work and turning on the tv sure. you know what i mean sure
0: 18 million people combined didn't watch louis and right atlanta <laughs> and, um, whatever, Master of, whatever, none. Whatever, master yeah. of none. yeah so all right great that was the <laughs> <laughs>
1: and goodbye and
0: see. Uh, thank you very much. We hope you'll join us next week. Uh, email us, like us on iTunes, leave us a review.